I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 1039 WYAD. I am your host, Mike Madison. Um, I'm going to go ahead and warn you here. I'm in a bit of a mood. Probably during today's show, I'm going to get angry. Now, I, I say this as a warning because I know that some people don't like that. It may make them uncomfortable or maybe it's not entertaining. I had somebody tell me at one point, <laughs> look, if you want to go out and grab a beer with me, I guarantee you we'll have a great time. I don't even care if you're on the right or the left. We'll talk. We can debate. We can talk about other stuff. I I don't care. You know, one of the mantras of my life that I've tried to impress upon my children is that when you have an interaction with another human being, the other person should walk away and it should be a positive exchange. You know, even if you're a boss somewhere, there's there's a way to ask your employees to do things that is nice, where they can understand it. You don't have to be. I, I just, I'm not a rude person. I'm not an angry person in my regular life. But some things, I've got trigger points like anybody else. And I'll be honest with you. Some people say, I had one guy tell me, Mike, you were so angry. I think you might need to seek help. I believe anybody who is not angry about today's topic, I believe you might be the one who needs mental health intervention. If you can normalize what we're going to cover today and not be affected by it, then I think it's you whose mind has been broken and possibly beyond repair. I don't know. I'll grant you. There have been decades of propaganda used against you. Uh, The majority of Americans have been brainwashed. They've been gaslit. They've been mentally abused by the government that we have allowed to exist on top of us. But like somebody in an abusive relationship, at some point it should become apparent that you need to leave. And, and, and like an abusive relationship, I, I've said this before, I think most American voters are in an abusive relationship. You're with a party or a politician that tells you that, that nobody will love you like the way that I do. They tell you that they only do the bad things because they're, they're trying to protect you, because they love you. And if you stay with them and support them, I feel sorry for you. You know, if you've got a friend and you see they're in a bad relationship, you don't start off as angry about it or anything. But if you've told them and they're just constantly being abused, at some point you just go, you just want to slap them across the head and say, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, today's show is me slapping people across the head and saying, what are we doing? What are we doing? You'll understand what I'm talking about uh, come just a minute. Uh, Quote of the day real quick. (laughs) To set up today's show is a quote by William Shakespeare. This is a short one. 
William Shakespeare said, quote, Hell is empty, and all the devils are here. Hell is empty, and all of the devils are here. Now, each person listening to that got a, got a different view of what the devil is to you. <laughs> I think you know where I believe the devils are. They're in our political class that have done terrible things to human beings. All governments do this. I'm not a blame America only. I'm just an anti-government guy. Make no mistake about that. Um, before I get into today's topic, this also goes with it. I've had this clip for the longest time, but I thought it was very interesting. Have you ever heard of the bystander effect? Because I think that's what we are all really, really guilty of, is the bystander effect. And a woman put out a video about this. She gets very emotional about it, and I kind of understand it. But it does play well in today's show, so we'll take a listen now. I'm not 100% sure why I'm being asked to share this story, but I'm guessing it's because somebody needs to hear it. When I was 16, I went into what I thought was going to be a normal day at biology class. And when I walked in, all the desks were arranged in a circle in the middle of the room. And the instructor, who had always been a really amazing, loving, kind instructor, was super militant, super scary, and just looked at us and said, sit down, shut up. You are not allowed to move, to speak at all, and anyone who does will immediately fail my class. And we were all stunned. I, I get like, just thinking about it, because I was a straight A student and grades were really important to me, and I was just like terrified. So we're all sitting there silently, nervous out of our minds, and in the middle of this circle that we were all sitting in, there was one desk, and on this desk was a bowl with a goldfish in it. And he looked at us and he took the goldfish and he put it on the desk and he walked out and he shut the door. And we all just looked at each other, just like, what do we do? You know, like, Obviously, it violated like everything inside of me to like watch this fish die. And also, I heard the instruction. If you speak, if you get up, if you move, you will automatically fail the class. And so we all sat there looking to each other to do something because we didn't want it to be us. And what was a very painful, it felt like an eternity, it was probably like two and a half minutes later, Hannah, Hannah B, got up and said, fuck this, and took the goldfish and put it back in the bowl. And when she did that, he came out and he looked at all of us and he said, look what the world has done to you. You've betrayed yourself. For what? And I think about that lesson all the time because I learned in that moment that I am never going to be that person ever again. That when I see something that is wrong, even if it's just me, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to do what's right. And I've done that over and over again in my life in very scary situations. But I'm sad for people who haven't learned that lesson because there are so many things that are wrong that if you're too scared to make a difference, you won't make right. So there you go. I'm about to step outside of the bystander effect. And maybe it's just me who will find, 
the clip I'm going to play for, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to come back. It may end up being the entire show. I know I'll play this clip more than once. But it made me so angry. I actually heard this clip the first time at about 11 o'clock at night, 1030. And I was really sorry I had. I almost got up and recorded this show then. But you want to have heard angry. You know how I've at least had some time to digest this thing. I would imagine when I play it after the break, I'm probably going to get just as angry again. Uh, We are allowing something really horrific to take place here in the United States. It's not what probably most people are thinking about, because there's a lot of things to choose from, aren't there? It does seem like it. Uh, But this one really got to me. I'll take a break when I come back. I I will not be suffering the bystander effect where I stay silent on this one. You'll see what I mean when I come back. Stick around. I was born a shotgun in my hands. Behind the gun, I'll make my final stand. Yeah, and that's why they call me. I can't deny. All right, here we go. Um, I've said on this show many, many times, if you've listened to me for any period of time or if you're new to the show, let me explain to you, I'm an anti-war guy. Uh, a lot of people, and unfortunately, this has come largely from the conservative side of things until recently. Now the Democrats, if you don't support a full-on war with Russia, then you're, you're a weirdo. I, I don't know how the left got there, but they're there. Barack Obama led the way. Uh, most of the way, and Joe Biden's finishing the job to turn Democrats into bloodthirsty warmongers. But the right for a long time has supported uh, these wars. Now the right's waking up to these things. Thank God for that. That's all I can say. But ever since I came on air, I've said this to you. Those of you who say you support the troops by waving a flag every time the psychopaths send our soldiers into harm's way, They are actually sacrificing those troops that we profess to support to just assuage the bloodlust that the politicians have implanted into themselves and into the American people. And what I've said repeatedly is I support the troops by saying they should be the last option used. These heroic men, women, sons and daughters, moms and dads, brothers and sisters should be used to protect the United States. We should have Fortress America. But I believe that my version of supporting the troops is saying we stand in the gap between the psychopaths in the deep state in our political class and them using our kids, our moms and dads, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, friends and relatives, sending them half a world away to fight and die for some corporate interest or some money laundering scheme like in Ukraine right now. We should be the ones standing in the gap. If we support the men and women who serve the American military, we should be protecting them as they have volunteered to protect us. Instead, we have elected a political class, both Republican and Democrat, that use them at at, at a whim. No declaration of war. We just send them wherever we send them for whatever reason, never has anything to do with the United States, is not for the benefit of the American people, but we have allowed psychopaths to take over our government and send them wherever they want, anytime they want. 
And we have been convinced. We have been convinced that we must fall into line with that. If you, if you say that we shouldn't be in this war, you think we shouldn't send the troops, you're not supporting the troops. You're a pacifist, Mike. You're a coward. No, I believe we have an obligation to the men and women who serve in uniform to protect them from our political class. I told you I was going to get angry. I want you to listen to this clip. I'm going to, um, this is a video, so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what you're listening to here because it is so disturbing and so sad. This is, this is a heartbreaking clip to me. I don't have a ton of these. Uh, the guy that you're about to listen to, pretty big burly dude. He's got a couple of, uh, a couple of tats. You can tell he's been in the military. He's a muscular guy. Wearing what looks like almost like a flak jacket, a Bass Pro hat, a Bass Pro Shops hat, a big manly beard. This is a, a big dude. He is uh, served in the military of the United States. Here's where he is today filming this video. Government failed this veteran and he didn't expect that. Seven times, seven times over the course of the last six years, dude. The VA has continued to let me down. I just want some continuity of care with mental health providers. These doctors keep quitting, they keep switching. And then the one doctor that I really liked, who talked me off a ledge the last time, <laughs> refused. I had a split because they fell in a network and then they came back in a network. So I went the last two years dealing with my own demons myself. <laughs> and trying to hold it together <laughs> and then come to find out it's it's like May, May it's like late May and he denied he denied taking my case back April 12th and I'm just finding out dude and now I gotta go back to some new doctor <laughs> and then I gotta open Pandora's box again because they're gonna want to know everything and then I'm gonna have to live through work and do that for a month. I just want to, I just want some continuity of care, dude. I'm fucking so tired of it. I just want to be able to talk to the same person and have the same individual manage my goddamn meds. I've been off my, off all my medications for two years. I've been doing it on my own, man. I'm just fucking white knuckling. I'm gripping. Jesus, I'm so tired of it. It's not a lot to ask. I just want to be able to talk to the same person and not continue to have to retell these fucking stories that torment me. <laughs> I, I fucking get it now. I really do. I just want some continuity of fucking care. That's a broken man right there. That is a broken man, and, and, and if you could see them, th this is a vibrant, this is, this is a tough guy. You can just look at him and see. This is a guy I would not mess with in a bar. He's pulled over to the side of the road. This, this is just on his mind. It, it's, it's broken him. And, and did you hear him in there? I'll give you a chance because I'm going to play that clip again. He has to, uh, he can't get any continuity care from the VA. You know, that's bad enough, but that's not really why I'm even talking about this, to be honest with you. 
Uh, he says that he's going to have to start off with another therapist now because the guy he really liked is gone. And he's got to tell them everything again. He's got to relive. He's got to relive this whole experience of what has broken his brain. The things that they ask him to do. Things that didn't have anything to do with protecting the United States. They sent this guy half a world away. And I would imagine, just judging by the time he says he's been in the VA, probably this wasn't a Ukraine issue. This was, uh, this was in the sand. They sent him half away a world, a world away into the sand, and they broke this man. They've destroyed him. And it's bad enough that they, they do that, but though that's really the biggest crime here. The crime is that we take these, and I don't know why it seems so important to me that you see this guy. Because when you hear somebody crying like that, you know, I don't know, ladies, I'm sure you've known, and I know guys, we understand this, we just don't tend to be big criers, right? Do you know what it takes for a manly man to put out a video where he is sobbing uncontrollably? This man has lost his mind. They've broken him. They've destroyed this guy's brain. And now they're going to make him relive the things that he was told to do. Things that our military, that our political class sent him off to do. And I've got stories of, uh, I've got one coming up in just a second. You know, that, that's a, he is one of the troops that we, air quotes here in the studio, supported by allowing the Roger Wickers, the John McCains, the Lindsey Grahams, the Marco Rubios, the Bill Clintons, the George W. Bushes, the Barack Obamas, the Donald Trumps, and the Joe Bidens. We allowed them to take this man, who probably had all the potential in the world to live a great life and have some pride in being part of a military that would protect the United States from enemies that might dare to attack us. Instead, we took this human being with so much potential, and we just threw him across the world, gave him horrific things to go do, and destroyed him. Now, he's not alone. What are we up to now? Is it 23 military suicides a day? Now, look, some of that is the drugs. The guy, did you hear him in that clip? And I'm going to play it again. I'm recording this show uh, about a week and a half before it airs. It's just the way schedule works. So I, I don't know. Maybe this thing will go viral. Maybe I'm late to the game by the time I get on WYEB about this, but I don't care. People need to hear this man and understand what you are doing. Roger Wicker has proposed a no-fly zone over Ukraine. That's a boots-on-the-ground World War III scenario. And Roger Wicker, I can almost guarantee you, if he wants to run again, will be widely reelected in Mississippi because he talks about the troops. He talks about spending more money on our military. He talks about honoring the men and women who serve in uniform. This political class destroys men and women who serve in uniform. For no reason. It's not for us. War would be hell if somebody dared. I mean, we've got such a great gig here in the United States. Two giant oceans and just two neighbors that are friendly to us, Canada and Mexico. We should be in the cat bird seat worldwide. The most proficient, 
most technologically advanced military on the face of the planet, along with two oceans and two friendly neighbors. We should War should be like the last thing we ever even think about. But we've elected a political class that has, as the Founding Fathers warned us about, sought out monsters to destroy. You know who actually gets destroyed? Men like this guy. And, and so, you know, I, I know this is, a, this is kind of a morose show. I laugh more than this on most shows, even, even when I'm covering the absurdity and the other just criminal activity of our political class. But this one, it's just, it's, it's just nothing funny about this one. Because this is playing out over and over and over again. And I, I just can't stress this enough to anybody who just think about Think about this man, this manly man, what it takes to try to plead, to put yourself out there on social media as it's just a blubbering mess because you, you just you can't take it anymore. Did you hear what he said in there? He said, I'm gripping, man. I'm white knuckling it. This is a man at the verge of suicide because of what our government did to him, what they forced him to do, what they told him to do. Oh, they attracted him with all of the patriotic vigor of a good, slick marketing campaign. But when it came down to it, as Smedley Butler said, they just sent him half a world away to fight and die for corporate interest. Well, he's not dead yet. At least not as of the recording of that show, but I, I don't know. I, I hope this guy gets the help he needs. He's, he's, he's off his meds. That's the other thing they do. They bring him back here, and then they, they, they jack him up on a bunch of psychotropic medications. Yeah, we're going to strip you away from your family and your friends and your church and your professional life. We're going to send you half a world away to, to struggle in the sand, to kill innocent people. And then when you come back, we got some medical, we got some meds for you. Oh, shut up and take your, anti, your, your antidepressants. Shut up and take your Zoloft. The doctor will be with you in a few weeks, maybe. So, so why why are we allowing this? We we support the troops, right? We keep electing the people that do this to the troops. Twenty three suicides a day. Now that statistic is a, it's a little misleading. I mean, there's suicides in the general population, and it's not not every suicide is related to combat issues. But look at what happened when they came back from Vietnam. I mean, did we not learn the lesson of the '60s and early '70s when we saw these? Young men shipped over to Vietnam and they came back heroin addicts, homeless people, insane people. We destroyed their brains, destroyed their lives by the hundreds of thousands. We learned nothing. We learned nothing from that. Well, Mike, they were over there doing heroin. Do you know why they were doing heroin? Because they were in hell. And they were looking for any reason to escape that. That's why they were doing heroin. It wasn't heroin that made them crazy. It was the war, the crimes that went on over there that they were forced to participate in that broke their brains and had them seeking some level of escape from that. I, I, I just want people to come face-to-face, -face, at least ear-to-ear, and here, the real consequences of this stuff, I've talked about it for six years. 
And as I say, the right, much to your credit, has finally woken up in the war issue. And it will I will say it's the greatest thing I think Donald Trump did for this country was to get the right to start questioning these wars. He didn't do anything about it. He was still bombing Yemen, sending deadly weapons into Ukraine. I'm not happy with his record on stuff, but at least, at least he he expanded the Overton window for conservatives and Republicans to start questioning uh, exactly what we're doing, but not far enough for me. I'm stretching out a little bit more here. Got to take a break. I'll be right back. A little bit of loneliness, a little bit of disregard, handful of complaints, but I can't help the fact that everyone can see these scars. What I want you to want, what I want you to feel, but it's like no matter what I do, I can't convince you to just believe this is real. So let go, watching you turn your back like you always do. Face away and pretend that I'm not, but I'll be here because you're all that I got. All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. I issued a trigger alert at the beginning of this thing. I'm furious. I'm furious and sad. All at the same, I'm disgusted. If you're just joining us, I'm going to play this clip again. It's it's just a tragic story of somebody who signed up, volunteered for our military service, something that could be so honorable and could be so fulfilling. There's many people who really benefit from military service, the structure. I don't know about today's military. It seems to have gone complete wackadoodle. But I know there's there's certainly plenty of people out there who have benefited from their military service, but not from the war side of it. It's not the wars that make, make men and women uh, great citizens of the United States. There's a lot of benefits to learning that kind of structure and getting a job done and depending on each other and being there for other people. There's a whole lot of great things that could be about military service. We have elected a psychopath political class that uses these people like pawns. You know, right now, right? what do the troops that are in Syria right now think? Now, many of you might say, well, what do you mean, Syria? I hadn't, we hadn't talked about Syria in a long time. Well, if you don't remember, we sent... We sent our troops over to Syria, and I can't imagine what was going through the minds of our service members when they showed up and got off the plane and got their bunks all set up, and then they went out for training, and they realized, wait a second, we're training ISIS fighters? John McCain, the sitting senator, is over there with his arms around the leader of ISIS? I'm, I, I thought I had signed up for the war against terrorists. I'm training terrorists? Yeah, you're, you're training terrorists so they can go after Bashar al-Assad. And these people, these, these kids went, who? Bashar al-Assad, the, the president of Syria. He's a bad guy. Trust us. Now, what goes on in their mind? Well, that's weird. I've, I'm not scared of Bashar al-Assad. Bashar al-Assad's never done anything to us. Uh, but, but I'm training terrorists to take him down? Can you even imagine? What? what, what? What goes through their heads when they think, oh my God, I am training the people I've been told are an existential threat to the United States so they can take down somebody that I've never even heard of that's no threat to the United States. But when we, when we finally gave up trying to overthrow the government in Syria, we left a few troops there. I'm, I'm wondering what goes through the mind of these troops. You know what they're doing there? Are they fi- Is it a humanitarian mission? No, no, no. 
Now, we've got several hundred troops sitting over in Syria guarding the oil fields to make sure that the Syrian people can't have access to their own oil fields. And, and our troops who are making, what are they making? I guess it depends on how long you've been in the service. What are they making? 35, 40 grand with benefits, $60,000 with benefits and stuff. They're over there risking their lives in the sand half a world away so they can watch Conoco trucks pull up and take Syrian oil and steal it. That's what they're risking their lives for right now. It's also hurting average Syrians who just want to rebuild their country from the shellacking, the wholesale destruction that we participated in destroy. Go look at a picture of Damascus. What was that other name? Uh, uh, Aleppo? Go look at Syria before and after the war that we unleashed on them. So, so we've got troops over there that are risking their lives to protect Conoco oil. They're, one of the bases over there actually has the name Conoco in it. They're protecting Conoco while ordinary men and women and children in Syria suffer. What, what goes through the mind of a troop there? And, and I think about this man. I'm about to play the clip again. I think it's that important. Because I, I don't know I've ever been able to really drive this point home, even though I keep telling you. Supporting the troops means standing in the gap between them and our psychopaths in government that want to send them off to fight and die for a cause that has nothing to do with national security. As much as they tell you it does, it doesn't. But it's not even just these, these guys that come home, like this man, brain just destroyed. Absolute desperation in his voice because of the... The trauma, the, the PTSD he is living with. I even think PTSD, it, it, it's almost a throwaway term. Oh, yeah, suffering PTSD. It, this is, uh, what do they call Shell shock. That's what they used to call it. I think PTSD is, oh, it's, it's catchier. It doesn't sound quite as bad. Uh, yeah, back in World War I, wasn't that when they came up with shell shock? These kids came back from World War I. They were just, they couldn't even function anymore. They'd lived through such horrific things. But it's not even just these soldiers. Imagine their spouse they come home to. Their children. A lot of these people serving in the military are young. They've got young children at home. Can you imagine the terror that has befallen six-year-olds, four-year-olds, 12-year-olds whose dad or mom comes back from one of these war zones, their mind completely destroyed by what they saw there? And now that family has to live through it too the outburst, the fear of their own parent who went away, a loving parent, and came back somebody whose mind just couldn't take the atrocity that they had seen. This is so deep and so bad, and we continue to elect people who continue to do this. I'm sorry, I'm going to play this clip again. And then I'm going to tell you one story, just one story from like two days ago that popped up that I thought, well, this is one of the reasons this man is uh, in the desperate state he's in. The demons, he says himself, the demons he's wrestling with. Government failed this veteran and he didn't expect that. Seven times, seven times over the course of the last six years, dude, the VA has continued to let me down. I just want some continuity of care with mental health providers these doctors keep quitting they keep switching and then the one doctor that i really liked who talked me off a ledge the last time 
<laughs> refused. <laughs> I had a split because they fell out of network and then they came back into network. So I went the last two years dealing with my own demons myself <laughs> and trying to hold it together. <laughs> and then come to find out it's it's like Mace. It's like late May. And he denied he denied taking my case back. April fucking twelfth, and I'm just finding out, dude. And now I gotta go back to some new doctor. And then I gotta open Pandora's box again because they're gonna wanna know everything and then I'm gonna have to live through work and do that for a fucking month. I just wanna I just want some continuity and care, dude. I'm fucking so tired of it. I just wanna be able to talk to the same fucking person and have the same individual manage my goddamn meds. I've been off my off all my medications for in two years I've been doing it on my own, man. I'm just f***ing white knuckling. I'm gripping. Jesus, I'm so tired of it. It's not a lot to ask. I just want to be able to talk to the same person and not continue to have to retell these f***ing stories that torment me. I fucking get it now. I really do. I just want some continuity of f***ing care. says he has to relive relive the memories that just torment him there's a story that came out the uh, the Washington Post ran a story US officials walk back a claim that a drone strike killed a senior al-qaeda leader what did they actually kill uh they killed a poor farmer that had 10 kids Ten children. They just killed him with the drone. And they came out to the American people and said, we got another terrorist. Look at that. Hey, this war on terrorists. We're on fire. Look at that. Nope. They killed a father of ten children. And this is certainly not, <laughs> this is not any exception. Millions, millions of people in the Middle East have died at the hands of these psychopaths in Washington, D.C., and, and other Western countries, too. It's not entirely us, but we're, we're driving the bus. You know, as I said, I know people that don't really like these kinds of shows. Give us some tranny talk, Mike. Talk to, you know. I th it's not me that has a problem. I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong. Am I wrong to be this emotionally angered by this, to see what has become of this, this incredible man? There's no telling what his potential in life would be. Now he's wrestling with demons. And at one point in that clip, I believe he says, I just want to, and then he stops it. What was that word about to be? I just want to. I need some continuity. He's, he pulls a punch there. It sounds to me like he was about to say, I just want to die. You, you hear him. He's pulled over at the side of a road. This, this overwhelm just hit him as he was either driving or as he got back into his car. You see traffic going on around him. He is laying his entire just desperation out for everybody. And the, the people that are listening to me right now, 
when the area that I'm in with the Roger Wickers and the Cindy Hyde Smiths and the Michael Guests and the Benny Thompsons and the Thad Cochran's and the Greg Harpers, they will, Mississippi will vote for these people who have destroyed this young man. They'll do it. They'll do it in a heartbeat because they'll think, well, I'm not voting for a Democrat. I don't vote for war criminals. It's a pretty hard and fast rule, which means pretty much anybody who has occupied uh, power in the past 20 years, I, I can't vote for them again. I just have this hard and fast rule. I don't vote for war criminals. What's going on in Syria right now, stealing their oil, that's a war crime. Trump started it. Joe Biden's just continued it. Some of the troops over there protecting Conoco oil, stealing Syrian oil, were injured just a few weeks ago. Some of them, I think, fairly severely. There was an attack on them there. How dare those Syrians try to get their oil back from us? We told them they can't have it. We're giving it to Conoco. Is it my problem that I'm outraged about this? Or is it the problem that this country, the vast majority of people, are not? I'll leave that with you. Be right back. Maybe I'm the one. Maybe I'm the one who is a schizophrenic psycho, yeah. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one who is a schizophrenic psycho. All right, only a few minutes left in the hour here. Probably a good thing for all of us, but I tell you, pray for that man. Pray for that man. If he is still with us right now, pray for him. And don't pray that he gets good care from the, I mean, I guess we can't pray that he gets good care from the VA, but that's not even the issue here. That's terrible in itself that we let these people just swing in the wind when they come home after they've been used by the government. I don't care if you're right or left, black or white. You're just a, you're just a tool. And as soon as you become inconvenient, our government returns back on you. But I'm going to finish with this. Uh, RFK Jr. was on Dave Smith's podcast. Dave Smith's a libertarian comedian. RFK Jr. obviously running against Joe Biden for the Democratic nomination. If the Democrats even have a primary... They're saying now they're not even going to have a primary. You know, those guardians of democracy are not even going to allow a primary for their voters. Um, I like RFK a lot. I'm not trying to sell anybody on his presidency. He's got issues, and I don't really think that one person's ever going to fix the problems we've got. But I did think this was an interesting exchange and something that people should certainly— I think a lot of people already know this, but it's good to hear it, and it just kind of dovetails with today's show. Look, this is obviously all, all of it, like all the major crises that are facing this country are a rigged game on behalf of the powerful. And you can get here from like a liberal Democrat point of view or from a, a yeah. libertarian point of view. Either way, we could have our. But look, if you're talking about the warfare machine, you're talking about, look, however you feel about the war in Ukraine, like I'm completely opposed to American intervention and support for it. But even if you support it, you can recognize that there are weapons companies that are raking in tens of yeah. billions of dollars off this. It's, How, a, it's a money laundering yes. scheme for, you know, we give $113 billion to the Ukraine, but 90% of that comes right, right back to the, you know, to the military industrial, to the big contractors, you know, General Dynamics, et cetera, Lockheed, who are making the weapons that are being sold over there. And by the way, then you look at all the generals who are appearing on CNN, and saying, oh, we need to be over there, and they're retired generals, and you look at where they're working, well, they're working for those contractors. So you have this whole thing that's rigged to keep us in this, con this to provide a constant pipeline of new wars. 
in order to feed the military-industrial complex, and, you know, the CIA is a captive agency. They're exactly right. Smedley Butler had it right in the 1930s. War is a racket. You know, what's so sad about this this guy that I'm playing this clip on this show today, how many more of them, of him are there? 10,000? 100,000? 200,000 more of him. And then extend that out to their families that have to deal with this trauma when they come home, their children, their spouse, their siblings, their parents, their friends. This affects millions of people in this country. The psychopaths in Washington, D.C., quit voting for them. Learn to identify what a war criminal is. And it's people who, who, who cast votes and support these conflicts and destroy young men like the one you heard today. I got to go.